0: January 23rd. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 1 through 28. Our Lord's disciples never knew what would happen next. You can check your own responses to life's challenges as you consider how they handled three different situations. The first, offended people. Jesus rejected the man-made traditions of the scribes and Pharisees because they focused on the outside and ignored the inner person. The other situation was persistent people. Again, the disciples were wrong. Jesus seemed to ignore the woman. His delays are not his denials. And then we'll read about hungry people. The disciples had already forgotten the miracle of feeding the 5,000. Can you imagine forgetting a miracle of that consequence, that size? When you're faced with a crisis, take time to review His past mercies. Remind yourself that He does not change. And now, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. January 23rd. Matthew chapter 15 verses 1 through 28. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to interview Jesus. Why do your disciples disobey our age old traditions? They demanded. They ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand washing before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, You don't need to honor your parents by caring for their needs if you give the money to God instead. And so, by your own tradition, you nullify the direct commandment of God. You hypocrites! Isaiah was prophesying about you when he said, These people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far away. Their worship is a farce, for they replace God's commands with their own man-made teachings. Then Jesus called to the crowds and said, Listen to what I say and try to understand. You are not defiled by what you eat. You are defiled by what you say and do. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? Jesus replied, Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be rooted up, so ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. Then Peter asked Jesus, Explain what you meant when you said people aren't defiled by what they eat. Don't you understand? Jesus asked him. Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes out of the body. But evil words come from an evil heart and defile the person who says them. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all other sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands could never defile you and make you unacceptable to God. Jesus then left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter has a demon in her, and it is severely tormenting her. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to leave, they said. She is bothering us with all her begging. Then he said to the woman, I was sent only to help the people of Israel, God's lost sheep, not the Gentiles. But she came and worshipped him and pleaded again, Lord, help me. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs, he said. Yes, Lord, she replied. But even dogs are permitted to eat crumbs that fall beneath our master's table. Woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed.
1: The Bible says in Genesis 3.8, God does something in this garden. It gives us a glorious, beautiful window and picture into God's primary passion for this planet and for the human beings on it. It says, God, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, some of this description seems almost pointless. The word cool there in the Hebrew literally means they heard God walking in the wind. They heard him walking in the garden and it was windy. Like, it's funny descriptions. Like, you read this and you're like, why does it say that God was walking in the wind? The picture is clear. Guess what God still wants to do? Guess what sin has compromised God's primary passion? What is that? walk with you, to walk with you in trivial moments like in the wind. God cares about seemingly insignificant moments of your day and insignificant moments of your life. Like it's windy. God just wants to watch the wind blow through your hair. This, this is what God desires. Notice he wants to walk. The picture is clear. God wants to journey with you. God wants to process life with you. God wants to roll with you. Notice, he wants to be involved, not in a moment, not in a time, not during devotions, and not just on the weekend on Sunday for a 30-minute lecture. God wants to walk with you on Monday and Tuesday, and if it's windy on Wednesday, he wants to walk with you in the wind. He wants to be involved in your everyday life. This is and the greatest, the most horrible thing that sin has done to us is it has it has robbed us from walking with God in the wind. It's robbed us from these moments. This is the most horrible thing sin has done. But now because of Jesus, we can be reunited to God's original intent from the beginning of time to just hang out with God. This is so exciting. Now, did you ever consider that when Jesus calls his disciples, now he's got disciples, the disciples are the 12 guys he calls, right? Probably all of, her, all of them are teenagers except Peter, and Peter acts like a teenager, right? So we've got 12 dudes, all of Jesus calls. And do you know the word that Jesus used to call these guys? You ever thought about this? I'm not here to insult your biblical intelligence, for those that are familiar with Scripture. But this word that Jesus uses to call his disciples is a word used 91 times in the New Testament narrative. It's one of the key words in the entire New Testament. Jesus uses this word 16 times personally, and he used it when he called his disciples. You know what that word is? Follow. Think about it. When Jesus called his disciples, he didn't say, let's meet. He didn't say, schedule me. He didn't say, visit me. What did he say? Follow me. And in the instance of some of the guys, he called them right in the middle of their occupation. Wow, God invaded their work. Some of the fishermen are cleaning their nets. They're literally at their job, and Jesus meets them at their job and says, Accompany me. The word follow assumes that God is active. God is active amongst humanity. The great thing about getting closer to God is you don't have to go far because God is already active amongst humanity. He's already active on the planet. He is near to you. You don't have to go far. You don't have to scream, yell, cut yourself, lay on the ground. God is near. God is right there. God is close to you, and you can accompany Him. Jesus said, follow me. That word follow literally means be my assistant. Be my assistant. Be by my side. Accompany me. It's an active term. It's a let's do life together. Let's roll together. Let's walk together. Let's laugh together. Let's eat together. Follow me. You know what I'm proposing as a community? That we follow Jesus. That we don't relegate God to a category. We don't relegate God to a prayer time, a Bible time, a devotional time, but we give God all of our time. That we commit to truly follow him, to engage with him, to include him, to think about him, to acknowledge him, to talk about him. Come on, God wants to be with you tomorrow. Tomorrow, whatever you're doing, God cares about it if you care about it.
0: Psalm 19, verses 1 through 14. God reveals Himself in creation, in the Scriptures, and in your heart as you worship Him. To be properly educated in spiritual things, you must seek to master three books. The Book of Nature, the Bible, and the Book of Humanity. A scientist studies the Book of Nature, and a psychologist the Book of Human Nature. But if they ignore God's book, their conclusions may be wrong. In the first few verses here in Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11, uh, they tell you what the Bible can do for you if only you'll read it, meditate on it, and obey it. So open each day, beholding God's glory in Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, what you have done will please Him. Psalm 19, verses 1 through 14. For the choir director, a Psalm of David. The heavens tell of the glory of God. The skies display His marvelous craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make Him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is silent in the skies yet their message has gone out to all the earth, and their words to all the world. The sun lives in the heavens where God placed it. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight to life. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to those who hear them. There is great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep me from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt. And innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Proverbs chapter four, verses fourteen through nineteen. Do not do as the wicked do, or follow the path of evildoers. Avoid their haunts. Turn away and go somewhere else. For evil people cannot sleep until they have done their evil deed for the day. They cannot rest unless they have caused someone to stumble. They eat wickedness and drink violence. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like complete darkness." Those who follow it have no idea what they are stumbling over.